welcome back to another episode of When the Session Ends. I'm Heather Adams, clinical professional counselor, and my co-host, Katrina Harris, uh, clinical professional counselor intern. You can keep going. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to keep it short. Uh, I know. No, do your thing. Okay. I'll start over. Clinical prof professional counselor intern. Professor Emeritus from UNLV, um, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And starting a new something tomorrow. Starting a new part-time position tomorrow with the state. I'll be working with the Children's Mobile Crisis Unit. Which is going to be intense and fun and all around just amazing. But I'm really excited for that one. Uh, I am too. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, this should be. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about it. Um, so today, sorry for the long wait between the last one. We did try to record one, and I'm still learning to edit, and so that was a shit show trying to edit that uh, last one we did, Katrina, and Katrina knows because I did, I did it for hours. I tell her, once you hear your voice for hours, it's like nails on a chalkboard. So um, we will re try to kind of redo that one, but today... I have a story I wanted to tell um, about a client, and we'll just go from there. You good with that, Katrina? I'm good with that, yes. Okay. So, I, and I think I'm going to present this as a, an ethical question, actually. It's kind of a two-part story. So, a few months ago, um, I had a client that I'd been working with maybe seen, I had seen him eight times, low, younger 20s. Um, borderline, I should say that, because that'll set the stage for what comes next. Um, and <clears throat> we, you know, we were kind of in a stuck place until the last session that we had. I felt like there was that that dance, if you will. The it was a really productive session with him. So, like some people call it a breakthrough or a progress, or you know, it's like, and I, I think of it as like when Carl Jung says. Um, don't let me misquote him, but when the meeting of two people is like, the meeting of two personalities is like the contact of two chemical substances. Um, if there's any reaction, both are transformed, right? And so I like that because there's a lot of that give and take and we are both, it does feel transformative in a way. So, you know, long story short, great session um and he had the weekend before told me he was having some si and i uh, so we, you know we text on the phone i was actually right. in the middle of a red hot chili peppers concert trying to text my client and make sure everything was okay oh uh, talk about the taking down the vibe a notch but got him through that and then so he comes in that week for the session and it was so good and if anybody knows anything about borderline, as soon as something is good and you're starting to feel a real rapport connection with someone or, you know, someone's getting too close, bam, wall up, right? So that weekend, he texts me and um, it was, I think I was watching a movie and it was in the evening saying, I'm going to kill myself and yes, I know what you have to do. You're mandated. You have to go ahead and call because he's very well versed in this, but in the hospital for the first suicidal ideation 
um, and many things many times. So, um, so I do. I'm keeping him, texting him on the phone to make sure he's still alive, and just as long as I can keep him texting. Um, so I call 911 and um, tell them what's going on, and they're going, you know, going to go do a wellness check type thing, see see what's happening, and. I let my client know they're on their way, you, you know, help us on the way. And he's like, you bitch. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, you, you know, he's like, I can't believe you just called. I was joking like an LOL, which he, there's no way like you, I cannot, I can't go back on this. And he's like, the only thing that they're going to take away from me is like my right to, I don't know, use marijuana or something, but. Um, I'm not getting taken to the hospital. I'm at work anyway. Ha ha. Jokes on you. Ooh, okay. So when he texted you, just to put, just for a little context, the the text implied that it was a serious situation. Right? No question at all. Um, and so you know, here I am upset, and I, you know, I put a lot of work into this client, and maybe had done too much you know, and put my heart maybe too much in it. Um, and so I was really, I was really baffled, really confused about that and hurt to be honest, but I was hurt. So therefore I was, I mean, I, I was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed. I'm like, why, why? I don't understand. So, you know, um, I was like, well, you know, it's too late. And I, they know, I know I knew where he worked and I knew where he lived. So okay. I told the cops both places. Um, because if you're, because he said, well, I'm at work, joke's on you. Well, if you're telling me you're at work and I know where that is and you're still saying that I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to give the cops the information they need to help you. So maybe that's the first part of the story. I'm like, man, yeah. she's like Judas, come on. Like, ugh, I don't, it was such a switch, right? Um, and maybe, and maybe I can ask our yeah. very large audience once we put this out, once we disseminate the, the podcast on the streaming platforms, um, to maybe comment on what they would have done or any questions about that. But I don't know. That's the first part, Katrina. What would, did I do what you would have done? What would you have done? Um, I would have done the same exact thing that you did because without the person being right there in front of us, we don't know if the person is joking, especially if they're sending uh, you a text message. And I think the only thing that I probably would have done differently was would mm -hmm. be to call And I them. can't remember if I called him or not. So, okay. And I'm gonna assume that you did because you're very meticulous about the things that you do with your clients. So I'm just gonna assume that you did. And let's say he sounded uh, serious on the phone and, and said, you know, yep, you, you could hear it in his voice that he was very, you know, that he was gonna follow through with what he threatened to do. So I think you did the right thing. And I'm also wondering, you have more experience than I do if this is something that's indicative of a person who has been diagnosed with borderline oh, yes, personality disorder. 
Absolutely. This goes right along the lines yeah. of it. So yeah. I guess that's what I was saying. Maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised, but for some reason, I think it was because we had that great session and I had put my heart into this person. Mm -hmm. And I think I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, a transgender because um, he's female to male um, for what, mm -hmm. you know, th for reasons of obvious reasons. They're very, it's a very fragile state. There's a high suicide rate among that. And on top of that, um, you know, he, with the borderline. So, uh, I, and when, if I did call him, I didn't speak with him. I do know that. So I can't remember if I called him, but if I did, he did not pick up. And so the, you know, to keep texting was the thing. So that's, that's all I know. But yeah, so again, borderline, not putting every one of them in a box, but it's very, you know, there's a reason the hallmark, I guess you would say of borderline is rocky relationships interpersonal relationships, I find it very hard. Um, there's a, a little bit of a difference between borderline personality disorder and uh, complex PTSD, but not enough to make that distinction right now. So you could, you know, there's a lot of complex trauma in this person's life, right? Um, but I was still pissed. Next day, I'm at the pool, okay, trying to chill out. And um, he texts me yeah. and says, hey, I see that I had another appointment scheduled. It sent me an email and you know that you're fired, right? I don't want to have any more sessions. And I was like, he was so mean. I was just like, nope, you're fine. You've been discharged. You know, that's, if, you, if you don't want it, that's fine. It sounds like whatever, you know, I know that the cops did whatever they needed to as their, as their job. But as far as I'm concerned, um, I told him if he, I did tell him if he needed any referrals, you know, I can give that to him, but no, don't, you know, you, you were discharged. And I discharged him immediately because if I didn't, and he was on my roster of clients and something else happened, that's on me. They're coming to look for me, you know? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, he fired me for doing my job after he said, I know you need to do your job, right? Yeah. So that's part one. And I think that um, him texting you saying that he was suicidal could have also been a type of attention seeking. Um, that's been my experience with a borderline client that I had. And again, not to put them all in a box and say that this is this is um, pretty much indicative of a, you know, a client with borderline personality disorder, but I have experienced some of that as well. Thing, you know, clients saying certain things to me just to see how I would Absolutely. react. Absolutely. Oh, to get that reaction from someone, it's very uh, drama filled and up and down. It's a roller coaster. That's why people send them to me, you know, because they are hard to work with. Um, you know, and with that comes a lot of trauma work that you've got to do. So it's pretty, for me, it's fulfilling, fulfilling work, uh, cause it's challenging. Um, but then that just kind of, it was a turnoff for me. Uh, so, and that's never happened, but that definitely, that led to a little bit of burnout. And I remember talking to you about this cause I was like, I want to tell this story on one of the podcasts yeah. and I know that you could hear in my voice just how like distraught I was. So how how are you feeling about it now compared to 
right after it just happened? Perfect question because that's part two. So okay. <laughs> it was, yeah, that's part two of this. So um, <clears throat> I, and maybe this is, you know, God's way of giving me a different perspective, but, um, you know, I've worked in hospitals and things like that. So I can, I realize that like if you, you know, get taken to a hospital for suicidal ideation or self-harm, whatever, um, it can be more traumatizing than not, especially if you're in triage or, you know, even in the subacute area, you know, you've got, you know, schizoaffective, you've got your borderline, you've got all of these different fairly um, intense disorders that you're just around. But um, I actually went to a hospital for a medical thing that's, you know, we won't get into, but with my stomach. And um, I was just in just so much pain. But so I go to the hospital and I'm, ten I'm tended to, everything's fine. But it's, it's a smaller area and everything, everyone's separated by a curtain, you know. Um, yeah. And I actually think the girl beside me was going through the same stomach issues and just was very interesting. But so I'm, you know, I'm 10 to 2, they're 10 to 2. Anyone there that's at this medical hospital is being 10 to 2. Now I start to hear this guy talk beside me and um, he spoke to the social worker and I saw, I heard the story and I won't tell the story um, specifically, um, but he, you know, he was trying to kill himself and then another girl beside him, she was in there for a suicidal ideation too. I think she just, I think she called in, um, and that's not, that's not sharing too much, but I think she called him and said that, but so either way, so I'm watching and I'm just observing the hospital and the two, pe the two people I heard beside me to the right are the only ones that no one has spoken to. There was like scorn on their faces. Um, like when it re when they asked a question or when they're like, when am I getting out of here? I mean, there was just, I don't know, it was just a stench of hostility in the air when it came to the treatment of these two people versus everybody else that was there for medical reasons. Almost like they were judging those that were there for suicide and very, very blatantly, in my mind, going to make this so much worse for them. One had yeah. been there, I think he said, for like 10 days, and the other girl had been there right around, approximately around the time that he had. Uh, that's a long time. And the reason they had been there is because uh, they, they're on a waiting list to go to a, a mental health hospital that takes those that are uninsured, but there's a waiting list for that. So they're just in waiting. It's not there. There's no mental health person to cater to their needs. You know, the food is nasty there um, at that specific hospital anyway. Um, and, you know, they're not, so they're malnutrition. They're not getting the help that they need. And on top of that, it's freaking Lord of the Flies with the nurses because this, like, dark side of, like, Lord of the Flies, when I say that, I mean, like, talking about the theme of the dark side of humanity, if you will, um, to put down, to kick them when they're down. You know what I mean? And as soon as they would speak or say something, the nurse, there was, some would snicker at them to other nurses. You could tell they were talking about them. I was livid. And so, 
it, when they finally get, I think the woman was a social worker, I'm not sure, they finally get this woman to, to come and talk and I'm listening to what they're saying to, you know, to see if this is going to be helpful, if it's going to be hurtful, because in the hospital it's less confidentiality because they have to staff the case with the nurses, the doctors, and the whole comprehensive team, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> but it, it, it was less staffing and more just gossiping is what it seemed like because the more that they spoke to the social worker, the less likely it seemed that they were going to get out of there anytime soon. Um, and so I, I felt for them, and I felt like if I didn't – say something to her because what she did she took that information and went right back to the nurse the body language and everything they were gossiping about these people who were wanting to die you know and it's, it's just so freaking terrible and um so i would be just as culpable of reproach as anyone else in that hospital that i know could hear what was going on because I mean, you could hear everybody. And so, um, <clears throat> so I said I stopped her, and uh, she was like, she nodded and, uh, and listened to me when I told them. I'm like, look, they're not lying when they're saying like you can hear the Snickers, you you hear them talking about this, and it's really terrible. Nobody's told them what's going on for hours, and then when they, you know, it's all very very bad. And she's just like, oh really? You know, like they didn't tell the truth, and I am just because I'm there for a different reason. Um, yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, really, like, I, I, you know, not to, maybe I'm just nosy, but I was like, I can hear what's being said, and this is not a good setup for them. Um, so I was like, I just wanted to let you know um, what I'm hearing and seeing, too. She takes what I'm saying, and it's very inauthentic. She's like, oh, yeah, it was just so bad. And so she went straight back into the little circle with the nurses, and um, I see her go tell this one nurse and uh, she's, the nurse starts like laughing, like belly laughing. <laughs> like, like something out of a movie. It was so crazy to me. I mean, these people aren't getting a modicum of respect or warmth or any regard. So yeah. I guess that, that when you say, do I feel differently? Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, he's been in and out so much that he knows, especially if I, you know he doesn't have insurance, if that's where he has to go what if he got sent there yeah you know what i mean i would i would hate that for him or anyone mm -hmm. so yes it did make me think a little bit differently about like maybe he you know he said that and then he immediately regretted it when he was talking to me about the suicide and because he could be end up in a place like that so yes i do it made me just think about it differently i still had to do what i had to do but you know i i just felt like a client I'm try I try to give the client the most autonomy as I can but that in that scenario maybe this is the ethical question you have to report it because there was no no inkling of oh I'm joking or anything like that I don't know what do you think no I think you were right because we're mandated reporters um, and yeah. if a, if a client says that they are suicidal we have to act on that and and the fact that you know maybe you did call him and you couldn't reach him so again there's no context there as far as uh you know hearing his voice and how his voice sounds as he's talking about being suicidal and, and following through on his actions all you have is a text message yeah 
Yeah, and so, I mean, I don't know, have you, have you ever worked in a hospital setting? Uh, a mental health hospital setting? No, I have not. And that is not, I don't think that would be my, my wheelhouse at all. Yeah, no, it, it, I hated when I worked there, but it was mental health, so they, they were catered to in the way that they should have been. So completely different environment, and even then you don't want to be there, really. So, yeah, it, yeah, I just, um, that one got to me. I was really distraught. Yes, I'm over it now, um, and I, I think I made all the right steps, but, you know, I don't know if there was any other way to handle it that would have been better except for making sure, obviously, to call um, to call them, which I'm, I haven't, I'm pretty sure I did. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's my story. <laughs> and, uh, I'm so glad I got it off my chest, um, cause I needed yeah. to. And, um, if I had done this, if I had talked to you about it before, uh, I wouldn't have had that perspective of being in the hospital and, and hearing how these people are being treated. So I thought that was an interest, interesting timing on that one. And that's our time. Part two is on the way.